Hey guys, welcome to the C1 Church Podcast. I pray that this message encourages you, builds your faith, and helps you go after Jesus. If you'd like more information about C1 Church, please go to our website at c1.church. Enjoy the message and be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't God good? Don't we serve a big God? Don't we serve a God that's able to meet us right where we're at? Man, He is. If you're here today and you're going through it, God is going to meet you today. There, there are people in this room that have some situations that, that they don't feel like they can handle. That's a good place to be. I'm telling you, God is here to speak directly into what you're going through. And he will because we serve a big God. We serve a God that hasn't stepped off his throne not once, not ever, not for anything. And he's in control of your life. He's in control of this moment. And he's going to meet with us today. Father, I just thank you so much because you are so good. Father, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you that it's the anointing that breaks the chains of the yokes of bondage. I thank you, Father God, for your spirit penetrating our hearts. Lord, I pray for people. Lord, whether they watch online later or they're or, or, or the people in this room, that you break down walls around hearts, that your word will penetrate us, and that we can walk out of here transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask that you glorify your name in this moment. Let your name be glorified. Let our lives be changed, and let us walk out excited for what you're going to do today and tomorrow, this year and the years to come. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's awesome to see you guys. Isn't it weird? What a difference a week can make. Last week, half of our parking lot was under snow and ice, and this week, I'm going to be tanning later. So, um, I'm not, actually. I actually, how I tan, I open my fridge door and I stand before it because I'm that white. And so, um, yeah, I have to put SPF 50 to go to the fridge. But you, you laugh, but you've never seen a sunburn that this guy has had. I'm excited for today. I uh, had this moment Tuesday morning where I woke up very early in the a.m., and I couldn't go back to sleep. Have you guys ever had those moments? You just, you can't get back to sleep. And so, normally, when I, when I wake up that early, I'm like, I'm really that guy that can just roll over and go back to sleep. I really am. It's probably annoying to most people, but... If I wake up and I have to use the restroom or whatever, like, I, I might be up for a minute and then I'm back asleep. But after that minute went by Tuesday morning, I'm like, this is dumb. I'm awake. So I thought, God, what do you want to say to me? What do I need to do in this moment? Because I don't want to waste it. I'm just not going to lay here being kicked in the face by my almost three-year-old. Um, what, what do you want to say? So I, I really, as I was praying, I felt like the Lord told me to listen to 1 Corinthians, 4, or 1 Corinthians. Just start it. I haven't read that book in a while, so 
I put my headphone in and I hit play on the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, get it because you can. It's awesome. You can listen to the Word of God. And I started listening to First Corinthians, and it's really good. If if you ever, it's just a good book. There's not like a bad book in the Bible. Like, oh, don't read that. No, it's all good. It's all good. But I was just listening to it, and I got to the end of chapter four, and there's a scripture. In, in chapter 4, and I'll just um, read it to you real quick. It says, it's, it's 420. It says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. And when I heard that, it jumped at me. I thought, I just, I just got fired up. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. And I was like, yes, I'm going to. I'm going to make, you know, a graphic or whatever. I'm going to share it on Facebook, and I'm going to encourage people with this. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, put your brakes on, dude. Stop. Because I love sharing Scripture. I do. I think Scripture, it's a living Word of God. It's able to transform. It's able to, to correct. It's able to encourage. There's nothing wrong with that. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll either see Scriptures or pictures of my kids. It's, it's one or the other. And... But I saw that, and I thought, wow. And then I felt like the Lord said, it's not what you think. I'm like, what do you mean? Then I started thinking about the first four chapters of 1 Corinthians. And because, you know, i got to be honest. Like, when you think of God's power, like, what, what do you think of? Miracles, Right? You think like the splitting of the Red Sea. You think the lame walking, the blind seeing, the dead raised. You know, you think of these big things. Which, that is true. That is God's power. But I feel if we just delegate that statement, living by God's power, we will be thoroughly disappointed with our life. Because we'll constantly think, God, you're not showing up. God, where is your power at work? But God's power is at work all the time in every believer. And today, what I'm hoping that the Lord will do is help us understand what God's power really means in the life of the believer. And hopefully, when we walk out of here, we will have a better be able, we will better be able, what am I trying to say? We will be able to see God's power work better in our lives. Because it's not what you think. And I'm, I have a video that I want to show you to give you an example of a moment in life that is not what you think. Now, we've all heard those statements, right? It's not what you think. Usually, it's when you catch someone doing something or something like that and they have to explain instantly what they're doing. Be like, oh, it's not what you think. It's not what you think. Right? That, that's, that's what this video is. And this, this video also has a double thing because as soon as you see it, you guys are going to recognize it. But it's not what you think. It's a loaded video. And so I, w- I want us to watch it for a second. Yeah, I'm married. It doesn't matter. You do that for me? Really? Yeah, I'd like that. Who are you talking to? Uh, it's Jake 
from State Farm. Sounds like a really good deal. Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning? Who is this? It's Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Ma'am, my name is not Jake, and I keep telling your husband that he called C1 Church, and I'm the lead pastor. My name is Ryan, and I have been telling him I'm willing to pray with him and help him. Evidently, he needs to get a hold of his insurance agent. He is convinced that my name is Jake, and he called State Farm. Even though I answered the phone, this is C1 Church, Pastor Ryan speaking, and he doesn't believe me. Uh, I, I don't know why you uh, need to know what I'm wearing. Uh, if you come to church, I, which I would definitely invite you, but I don't think you guys live around here because it's 3 in the morning where you're at, evidently, and it is like like 10.50 here. So um, I don't even know if you're on this side of the planet. So uh, I'm more than willing to pray with you guys. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm more than willing, but I'm, I'm not State Farm. And uh, this this is C1 Church in Columbia, Tennessee. Uh, man, Jesus loves you. And I got also got to be honest. It's kind of weird that you want to know what I'm wearing. Uh, I'm a jeans and t-shirt type of guy. If you come to the church, you would definitely see that. And you're more than welcome to. If you're ever in Columbia, Tennessee, stop by. Love to see you. Um, you and your husband. I'll be praying for you guys. Be blessed. And uh, go back to bed. It is 3 in the morning. That is crazy. Your husband might just be sleepwalking. I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm married. So, Doesn't matter. Oh, kept playing. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. I showed that to Amy, and she goes, you rambled. I'm like, yeah, I did. I, I did. That, that was, I, I turned a 30-second video into a two-minute video. That's my, that's my gifting. That's the Holy Spirit at work in my life. And so it's not what you think. And I'm gonna, we're going to be looking at a section of Scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And um, I want us to have a different lens. Because we get this idea in our head a certain way. And I think God's wanting to open it up today. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 through 21. It says, you think you have already, you have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you really were reigning already, for then we would be reigning with you. So Paul the author of this epistle is writing the church in Corinth, and he's addressing a lot of issues happening. He was the first person that came to Corinth to preach the gospel. He's their, their, their spiritual father, so to speak, and there's a lot of stuff happening. There, there is multiple men of God going in there and preaching, like Apollos, which is another guy that preaches the gospel. They're, they said some follow Paul, some follow Apollos, some follow Peter. They're, they're, they're kind of divided. There, there's some issues in the church, and yet some of them are coming in and saying, you're reigning and all this stuff. And, and Paul's trying to correct their thinking and helping them understand that we're in this together. And so Paul's addressing these issues. And, and he says, instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. 
we become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and angels alike. So the church that he's addressing, everything seems to be going good, and yet the, Paul's saying, you've got to be leery. What, what's really happening? Because there's some big issues happening in this church. There's this dude, if you keep reading, there's a, he, he's like, Paul tells him, like, kick this guy out of your church so he can repent because he's not listening to anything. What the guy was doing was he was having an affair with his stepmom. He said, even pagans don't do that. And yet you guys are welcoming him in. And, and the whole goal, he says, expel the immoral brother. But he says, so he can repent and come back to Jesus. There's some issues happening here. And Paul's saying, it's not what you think. You think all this stuff is happening good and you think you're reigning, you think everything, and God and Paul's like, you think that's God's power, but it's not what you think. It's not what you think. He said, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. But you claim to be wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. He's, he's kind of putting these on there. You are so, it's, it's almost like a sarcastic statement. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. It's not what you think. And then in verse 11, I want us to grab a hold of these next several verses because I, I want you to see it. Paul is an apostle of Christ, planting churches like crazy at this point in his life. He's not in prison yet. He says, even now we go hungry and thirsty, and we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We're often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn our living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us, yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everyone, everyone, everybody's trash, right up to the present moment. I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you, as my beloved children, for each, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. That's why I've sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you how of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Some of you have become arrogant, thinking, I will not visit you again. But I will come, and soon, if the Lord lets me, then I will find out whether these arrogant people just give pretentious speeches or whether they really have God's power. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. Which do you choose? Should I come with a rod to punish you, or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? Man, I, I, was, I was all fired up about this scripture. For the kingdom of God. Can you put that slide up there again? The one that, yeah. I was, I was fired up about that. 
Like, yeah, living by God's power. You know, like, and all these miracles came to mind. Like, God, God holding the sun for Joshua so he could finish the battle. The splitting of the Red Sea. Jesus raising the dead. Like, all, and, and that's true. Those are, that is God's power at work. But I kept feeling the Holy Spirit say, nope, stop, don't share that. Don't share that. You need to think about it more. And I laid awake. I, didn't, I stopped in 1 Corinthians 4. And I laid awake. And then, I wasn't even going to preach this. But I laid awake and I said, I need to share this. Because I believe when we grab a hold of what Paul's saying here, it's going to encourage us. It's going to, it's going to change the way we see God's power working in us. And it's going to help us. To say, wow, God is with me and God is for me. Even though we say that, sometimes saying that and believing that, letting it get from here to here, is a hard journey. And I think people need this. God's power is at work in you. Right now. And it's happening all the time, and we don't see it. And I think God wants us to see it so we can be reminded of how much he loves us. And I kept feeling the Holy Spirit saying, stop and think about this. So when I laid this verse over the first four chapters of 1 Corinthians, I realized something. My, my understanding of God's power was narrow. It was really narrow. Because if you read the first four chapters, Paul's talking about how God uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise He's talking about wisdom in Christ looks nothing like wisdom in this world. He's talking about weak, like how God uses weak things to, to shame the strong. Like He's talking about all this, and then he gets into chapter 4, and he says um, this beautiful thing about how we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. Our bellies are going empty. You know, like He's talking about how we bless those who curse us and all this stuff. And I was like, that's, I'm, I'm trying to lay God's power over that. And I'm like, God, expand my understanding. So as I prayed, I want to give two thoughts today. And everyone said amen. Don't get me wrong. My first thought is 35 minutes long. I'm joking. <laughs> um, the first thought I want to give you about God's power is God's power is displayed in our can't. God's power is displayed in our can't. I'm going to go back up and read real quick. It says, Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools, but you claim to be wise. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored. We are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty. We don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our own hands to earn a living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet, we are treated like the world's garbage, like everyone's trash right up to the present moment. I couldn't handle that. I can't. And then Paul picks up, he writes another letter to the Corinthian church, and it's 2 Corinthians. Imagine that. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. In chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, listen to what he says here. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. 
And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. And God told them to go to Asia. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. That's 2 Corinthians What Paul is saying there is God actually put them in a situation that he couldn't endure. What Paul is saying is God will ask more of you than what you're able to accomplish. God asks too much. Like, oh, that doesn't sound right. There's a scripture there's this, like, what is it, what is it, like, God will never put more on you than what we can bear? Isn't that, yeah, that's, that's the scripture, that's the one. No, that's not what it says. Right? Like, what, no, 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 I, I heard that my whole life. God will never ask more of you than what you can bear. Well, I, I think I know what scripture you're talking about. Because believe me, if you go and find that scripture, tell me, because I can't find that scripture. But I did find a scripture that says, God, like, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, God will provide an escape route. Like, he gets to pick it. You don't, FYI. But we sometimes we like, oh, well, that really means that we won't go through. No, oh, no, 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 that's not true. Paul just said in 2 Corinthians that God asked him to go to Asia. And when he got there, it was too much. God asked too much of him. And some of us are going through that today. You might be watching online. You're going through it. God's, you're saying, God's asking too much. I can't do this. I can't go another step. I can't endure another moment. I can't. Good. God's power is displayed in our can't. I think sometimes God waits for us to say, I can't. And God's saying, I've been waiting for that because I can. As long as we think we can, we will not lean on God. As long as we think we can do it, we will not, we will not put our trust in everything that God has for us. If you think you can endure this trial all on your own and you can shoulder up everything and just stand under that pressure, go for it. But I, I just think that there are moments in life when God asks you to do something and it's too much for you to bear. You can't do it. God asks too much. And that's, those are the moments where God proves his faithfulness. And he says, I needed you to see that you can't. You can't. You can't. You, you can't make that loved one follow me. You can't generate money in your bank account. You can't make your children obedient. You can beat their booties, but you, 
No, no, actually, not. you can't do that in 2021, can you? I don't know. My parents did it a lot to my sisters. Um, <laughs> I learned from their mistakes. But you can't. There's some things in life you can't do. God asks you to step into that situation, but you can't. Like, I could give you examples. I can't grow the church. God called me here to lead this church, but I can't grow it. I, I can't make the finances grow. I can't make numbers grow. I can't do any of that, and it's not my job. It's God's job. My job is to do what he tells me to do, and that is to lead. He told me to go downtown and pray for people. He told, you know what I'm saying? He told me to pastor. Like, and then on, on top of that, like, what does his word say about a pastor? It says to, to equip the church for the good work of the gospel. My job is to get us out of these four walls and to be the church, not go to church. But God will take care of all that stuff that I can't do. And that's the thing. I, I, when I, whenever I have anxiety that hit me really hard, it's because I'm trying to do and I'm worrying about God's job. When you, have, when, when, when you go through depression, when, you, when, when things hit you, and, and it's things that you truly can't control, that only God can take care of, that's usually when depression and anxiety hit, right? That you, you can't do anything about. You can't change it because you're worrying about God's job. But God's power is displayed in our can't. Paul says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. So he's like, even if we did die, God could bring us back if he wanted to. But that's his job. That's his call. That's, his, that's him. It's not for you to worry about God's part. It's for you to say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And if I can't do it, that means you're going to do it. That's it. It's really simple. But simple does not mean easy. I could give very simple instructions. And I said, Ames, go lift 500 pounds. That's a very simple instruction. But she can't do it. She's going to need her husband and Nathan and Ben and Larry. And <laughs> I keep keep going. She's going to need help. The temptation is to try to to do God's job and you're going to keep running in a hamster wheel. You're going to keep going in circles because you can't. Let God do his part. And you do your part. There's power in the can't. God's power is displayed in our can't. When we realize I can't, that's when God shows up and says, I can. My son, who is turning three this week, that's crazy. He's my helper. I call him Bear Bear. And he attacks me like a bear. Uh, I don't feel safe at home. I get injured. I get jumped on. I get hit. I get, um, I, I antagonize. I'm not going to lie. 
I don't exasperate. I antagonize. We wrestle. But he likes to help me. He'll help me get the clothes out of the dryer. And what he does is he'll crawl on the dryer. Sometimes I just close it and leave it. No, I'm joking. I don't do that. I actually, I get on to him when he gets into the dryer by himself. But he'll get into the dryer and put the, push the clothes out. And he'll, he'll get the clothes out. And, and he, he'll even go get the, the empty laundry basket for clean clothes. He'll go get it because he can carry that. And, and um, he feels like he's a macho man. And he'll put it down in front of the dryer and he'll push the clothes out. He'll help me do that. And then um, he goes to lift the laundry basket once it's full of clothes. And he'll get next to it, and he'll be like, ah! Ah! I'm like, Dad, Bubba, Bear do you want Daddy to help you? Uh-uh. I get it. Ah! And sometimes he even lets out some toots when he's like, it's crazy. It's, it's really funny. And he'll turn and go, I tooted. And like, uh, but he'll, he'll go to town, and he'll try to push it. He can't move it. He can't move it. And he'll try to lift it. He'll try to push it. And then he discovers the power of the can't. He realizes he can't do it. That's when he looks at me, because I'm watching the whole time. I love it. Like, you know, I love the fact that he's, he's taking initiative and he's trying to help me. But it's not his laundry. Most of the time it's my laundry. And um, it's not his job to carry that. But I'll ask him. I'll say, Bubba, do you want to carry that? Knowing that he can't move it. Knowing that. I know he'll try, though, and it's so cute to see him get up next to it and just, uh, I'm like, Bubba, do you want Daddy to help you now? Uh-uh. And he'll do all his pushing and straining and everything that he can do, but his can is not enough. Then he discovers his can't. And he says, I can't, Dad. And then he'll ask me to help him. Because he understands on the other side of his can't, he has a father that's watching and waiting for him to recognize the fact that he can't do it, but his daddy can. And let me tell you, you have a father that is watching and waiting for you to recognize that you can't. And when you recognize that and say, God, Father, I can't do this. And God's saying, good, I can. I can do it. I can get right there next to you. I can get up under that yoke with you, and I will walk with you. And guess what I do? I get up next to that laundry basket, and I pick it up. And I'm carrying the full weight, but he has a hand on it. He has one hand on it, and he's saying, I help. And he's just walking, and we carry it all the way into the, and he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. His daddy is carrying the full load. But that's the power of the can't. God's power is on display when we recognize we can't do things without him. But with him, nothing's off limits. With him, oh, oh my goodness. There's literally no limits. Jesus was asked a question. He says, Jesus, if you can, will you heal my son? And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? What do you mean if I can? Of course I can. Jesus asked him, do you believe? He says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And then, and then Jesus healed his son. But we got to get to the, this idea that God's power is on display in our can't. 
And it's also at work in everything that we... If you want to really know what God's power looks like, even now we go hungry and thirsty. We don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We're often beaten in no home. That's God's power. We work wearily with our hands to earn a living. That's God's power. We bless those who curse us. That's God's power. We are patient with those who abuse us. That's God's power. We appeal gently even when evil things are said about us. That's God's power. It's not these big, huge, amazing, mighty works. That is God's power, but those are few and far between. If you wait for those, you might, you might be disappointed. But God's power is at work. The last time that person at work just spread that rumor about you and you didn't respond in kind, but you responded kindly, that was God's power. When that neighbor just intentionally just drives you insane and you just want to just let the air out of their tires, you know what I'm saying? Um, not loosen their lug nuts, just let the, like, those are two different things. And you don't. That's God's power. When that person cuts you off in traffic, and instead of shaking your fist at them, you pray for them. California, there's some extra fingers involved. Um, That's God's power. It's God's power at work. And God's power not only is displayed in our can't, when we can't do something, God can, but God's power is, it manifests when we are mistreated. Jesus said, pray for those who curse you. Bless those who despitefully use you. That's God's power. Your, who you are without Christ does not do that. No, usually how it goes down when someone attacks you, you go off and recruit. You, you say, do you know what this person said to me and, and all this stuff? And you get people on your side and you start talking about them. But God's power, it, do, it just doesn't do that. Someone says something to you, you leave it at that. And you say, God, I just pray that you bless them. God, help me to forgive them because you've forgiven me. That's God's power. God's power is at work every time you choose to honor him in, in just the simple decision. When you've been waiting in line at Kroger, but then you see that person that has two items and you let them cut in front of you. That's God's power. Because you don't do that naturally on your own. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. Anytime you let God's love manifest through you, that's God's power. You don't have to wait for God to show up miraculously because it's a miracle that you're acting that way. The Holy Spirit's at work in you. God's power manifests when we are mistreated. When we go through too much. When, when people say mean things about us. When, when, when that coworker makes us want to quit and you don't respond the way, you know what I'm saying? That's God's power. Some of us are just realizing this for the first time. Like, wow, God's been working. His power has been working in me for a long time. There's some of us have been sitting there thinking, 
God, when are you going to show up in my life? How are you going to show up in my life? I've been serving you all this time, but I just don't see you. And now you can look back and say, wow, God was there, 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 there. Because that was God's power. He's been at work in your life, your whole life. And he's going to continue to be in work. He's still hearing those prayers. He's still working in the background. There's some big things that God's going to, to, to hear and answer. Healing and find, there, there That stuff does happen. And God is doing that. But I need us to grab a hold of this. That God's power is at work in you. Whether you see it or not. And every little time you choose to respond like Jesus... That's God's power working in you. Today, I want to give a simple invitation. The invitation is, first and foremost, if you don't know Jesus, if you never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, it's so simple. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you're the Son of God that you died on the cross, and that you rose again. You believe that and you mean that. You're a Christian. And if that's you today, I would invite you to come down here, and I'd love to make the introduction and pray with you. Or if you're watching online, please message us at c1.church slash contact dash us, and we want to lead you. We want to lead you through that. If you're here today and you need prayer, you say, I hear what you're saying, Ryan, but I just just need God to meet with me. We're going to be up here, my wife and I. We want to pray with you. We want to help you understand that God can move, and he is moving. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God is there for you. And if you feel overwhelmed, like I can't, I can't go a step further. I can't handle this. I, that's a good place to be because God can. And some of us just need to take and come up here and give God our can'ts. We need to just bow a knee before God and say, God, I can't do this. I've been trying to do it on my own. That might be the prayer that most of us need to pray this morning. You can't, and that's okay because God can, and he will. But we got to ask him. So let's let's stand. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you guys. What I don't want to happen is if the Lord or the is 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 dealing with your heart, if He's saying, "Yeah, go get prayer." Go, go respond. If, he, if he's doing that, don't listen to fear, because fear sounds like, what will people think? Pride sounds like, what will people think? And the enemy wants you to stay right where you're at. If the Holy Spirit is laying on your heart to respond, some of you might just need to go pray for someone else. Last week, we talked about intercession. The Holy Spirit might be laying someone on your heart to go pray for, and we need to get in the way. We need to 
We need to get in the way of the enemy's schemes. We need to pray for people. Maybe that's what the Lord's laying on your heart. Like, oh, man, I really need to go pray for that person. Well, pride would say stop. Fear would say stop. Faith would say go. Do it. You have no idea what might happen when we step out. But what I don't want to happen is us stay right where we're at if the Holy Spirit's leading us to do something. He might not be leading you to do anything. He might just be saying, just listen, worship, stand. You know, that's okay. But don't, don't, give, don't give fear and pride priority right now over the Spirit. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit's leadership in this moment and do what he's laying on our hearts to do. And you know, Father, I pray right now for your church that you will show up in this moment. It's all you, God. I can't make anyone respond to your word, but I know you can. I can't change anyone's life, but I know you can. And so, Father, I pray right now in this moment that you will grip hearts that you will help people start the process of realizing they can't or of seeing your power at work in them over the course of their life and Lord let it be a liberating moment let it be something that starts a journey to where they start seeing it more and more and more and more seeing you move in their life more And Father, I pray right now that you'll help us to be obedient to your spirit in this. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.